Do Good Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we're going to meet Melissa Lynch, Media Ambassador for Survivor Corps in North and South Carolina. Survivor Corps is one of the largest and fastest growing grassroots movements connecting, supporting, educating, motivating, and mobilizing COVID-19 survivors to support all medical, scientific, and academic research, help stem the tide of this pandemic, and assist in the national recovery. And we'll inspire you to do Good Charlotte by the various ways you could get involved with Survivor Corps. Melissa, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you, Pam. So Melissa, let's talk about you first and your journey. How did you find this organization? I uh, was on Twitter, and my this was after my 12-year-old had gotten diagnosed with long COVID. And I met Diana Berent, uh, the founder of Survivor Corps. She told me about the organization, and I joined. I joined there, and I joined on Facebook, got to reading into it. And here we are. So let's talk about that, uh, explaining long-term or long COVID. What does that mean for someone who's listening? That means after the initial infection has done its time, uh, you continue to have, uh, a lot of times it comes in waves, uh, different symptoms for different people um, that continue. And often for a lot of our um, organization, you know, the people within the support group, and it, it, it's lasted up to a year at times or more. Um, you know, they continue to have symptoms that are debilitating on an everyday basis. So this grassroots movement, from what I understand, you say it's grassroots because that's how you find each other. You're finding each other on Facebook, on Twitter, on social media, and all these people have come together and start talking about like, well, hey, here are my symptoms. This is what I'm going through, right? Is that, that's, you were doing it for your daughter. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And so how is she doing now? So, well, actually, let's talk start from the beginning with her and her sickness. When did she first get diagnosed with COVID? We learned of her exposure. Um, it happened on September 4th. We learned of it September 7th. On uh, September 17th, she had a positive COVID test. Her symptoms were minor. She ran no fever. She had no cough. Um, she had fatigue headache, she lost her sense of smell, and she, for about three to four days, her oxygen levels were dropping in the 70s. Okay, so that was scary. Yes. How old is she? She turned 12 in November, so she was 11 when she was exposed. So she, so she's in school, what, is she in sixth grade? She is in sixth grade. Okay, 
So she's in sixth grade. And then I'm guessing at that time, was she homeschooling or were you doing part-time school? What was happening in September? We started out as complete virtual and then we were trying to transfer into um, the rotation for plan B, where it was two days on and two days, you know, and three days virtual. Uh, The day that we were getting her transferred into uh, in-person school is the day that we learned, I was actually on the phone with the school, that we learned of the exposure. The day that she got her uh, schedule is, uh, was the Friday before her test came back positive. So she never really got to start going into in-person school except for one day um, after her quarantine and um, the release. She she was released on the 28th. Um, She went back in person for one day on the 30th. And then on October 1st, she was diagnosed as long COVID. I went to wake her up. She was very extremely hard to wake up. She had lost her sense of smell again. Uh, still no fever. Just a lot of different symptoms that continued. So how do you get diagnosed for long COVID? Is it just because the symptoms keep popping up or are you on the phone with the doctor or is there a test or how, how does it work? A lot of times it's... It's kind of like an autoimmune disorder. A lot of the patients or supporters are reporting. Um, I kind of compare it to lupus because lupus, you know, has different symptoms per patient. Um, So there is a varying, you know, symptoms from patient to patient, but there are also similarities within long COVID. Uh, Healthy, normal adults... Uh, and children um, that were healthy before. Uh, What's really going on, um, the medical community thinks that their, you know, their immune system's gone into overdrive. So they continue with the symptoms, even though the viral shed um, time has gone away. Um, The uh, antibodies, like she she had her antibody test two weeks ago and she's still showing antibodies and she tests negative, uh, with a, uh, PCR test, uh, with COVID, but we still continue with the symptoms and they last, uh, and they are debilitating. Is, is Wednesday there? Can we talk to her? Yes. Hello. Hey, Wednesday. Hi. How you doing? Good. It's nice to see you. I guess you've been doing school this way, right? Yeah. Your mom was telling me that um, you first came down with COVID back in September. And even though, in theory, it's out of your system, you still have symptoms, right? Yes. So tell me tell me what it's like. You just run out of energy a lot and just don't feel good in general. How about uh, eating and smelling, are you able to taste again or any of that, or is that come and go? Yeah, I can taste and um, I can smell and all that. So on the days that it's bad, tell me what that's like. Describe it. I'm just really low on energy, and I don't want to get up and do anything. 
And do you, do you still, even though you don't feel like it, do you, or can you, or do you, do you have to skip school? Um, I can go to school. It's just, I'll be like really tired at school. Do you know anybody else that's like you that's going through this too? Uh, no. No. Do your friends understand? Um, yeah, one of them do. And how do you know that they understand? How do they show you that? They've talked to me about it, and, um, you know, I told them the truth and all that. And when you say tell them the truth, what is the truth? That I just, I'm low in energy, and sometimes I can't do certain stuff because of that. I mean, obviously, you've never felt like this before. Your mom, I guess there were moments that were pretty scary for, for your mom and for you. How did you get through those tough times, or what was the scariest part? The scariest part was probably when my oxygen was dropping, but I stayed calm, and I just laid there and watched TV. What are you missing out on right now? I mean, the whole world doesn't have school, and and there's a bunch of other things that, you know, everyone's missing out on, but because of you, because you're going through this, this long COVID situation, what do you feel like, you know, you're not having? Just hanging out with a bunch of friends and just like, I don't know, just, yeah, hanging out with a bunch of friends. We'll put your mom back on in a second, but you know your mom's been helping out with Survivor Corps, right? That she found found them because of what you were going through. She was doing research and stuff. What do you think about your mom helping out with them? Her helping out with them is really cool, but um, it's a lot in the process. It's just a lot of interviews and a lot of stuff that is going on. Do you think she's learned a lot from all these people, though, that you've been able to connect with? Yeah. For people who are like you, who are still experiencing symptoms, what would you tell them? Just stay strong and uh, stay calm. Well, I think that's really good advice for all of us. I really appreciate your time, Wednesday. Thank you. You're welcome. What has this mean for you finding Survivor Corps, first of all, and then you deciding, um, not only do I appreciate these resources that they provide, but I want to help them. I was really excited that there was, you know, somebody out there that even knew what uh, long COVID was. When I went on their website, you know, I've done 26 years medical in the medical field. And I went on their website and they had all the doctors listed and, the, you know, the for the COVID support and the post-COVID care units were starting to pop up. And I knew North Carolina was some of the top in, you know, in the medical field in the nation as far as their research between uh, UNC and Duke. Uh, they, um, only had three doctors listed and that was at New Hanover Medical in Wilmington. And I was running into a lot of roadblocks, uh, here, not with, um, the medical community as much with her doctors, but, you know, a lot of people were not aware of what long COVID was. A lot of people thought that children, you know, didn't get COVID at first, then they were told if they got COVID, it didn't affect them. And here I had a child 
that relapsed, rounds of fever, passing out, brain fog, confusion, possible heart damage. Um, still going at six months now. She's finally in care at Duke. Um, and Levine and yeah, her primary care physician has been wonderful. Uh, they tried to release her back to normal activities back in January, uh, but that didn't work. Uh, she lasted about two weeks and then relapsed into a fever of about 103.9. And we stayed with fluctuating fevers. We've had six rounds. They range between 100.4 to 103.9. And uh, the last round lasted a month total. So here's my question. Now that you're part of this group, because mm -hmm. um, I want to bring it back to the group that you're, that you're helping or being a part of, do you, are you finding other parents? Are there other kids like Wednesday? There are several kids like Wednesday. The doctors were telling me there were other children out there with them. I've had a lot of professionals um, speak up and say, there are children out there that are like this, but no one knew of Survivor Corps. Um, I got in touch with them, and I said, you know, hey, you know, we need to bring this to let people know, uh, to let people know that there are children out there that are going through this. So they won't feel secluded, isolated by themselves going through this because it's hard on adults going through this, much less children. What, what I think is great about your organization is that there's a sense of community. So these people who are, are, are experiencing these symptoms can find each other, talk about their symptoms, um, and then get connected to resources. So let's talk about some of those resources that you guys um, connect them with. I mean, I understand that you guys aren't doctors. It's a grassroots organization, but you're connecting them to finding those doctors and finding those treatments. What are some of the treatments that are available? I, we, Wednesday said that she's not getting any, and I'm guessing that's because she's a kid. But what are some of the things available for older people um, who are going through this? Well, of course, there's convalescent plasma. We do the plasma donations. So anybody that's had uh, 14 days symptom-free after a positive test or COVID infection can donate convalescent plasma. Uh, and one donation saves three lives. Uh, there's also the monoclonal um, antibodies treatments. Now, um, that is new, and they are man-made proteins that act like uh, human antibodies in the immune system. And they substitute antibodies uh, for an individual to help make their own. They mimic your own immune system. Uh, and that normally helps with patients um, that are in an active um, infection from the virus, uh, and it helps keep them from getting, you know, hospitalized or save them from being so sick, um, and builds up their antibody level. So adults can go to the website and see the places that are offering this, or or 
or know to ask for this? Yes, uh, on the website, you can either click on research, you can join a research study if you would like. Uh, we have questionnaires up on uh, Facebook and sometimes on Twitter uh, that patients can answer about their symptoms. Uh, they can go and connect and we have a map of all the post-COVID care units in the nation. We're trying to connect community with, and the medical side, also the medical community, uh, with the most up-to-date resources, um, connections. Because this keeps on changing, right? It does keep on changing. We're all in a learning phase because, I mean, this is all new. We don't know um, if children are going to get, you know, have permanent damage as they get older, uh, how long the, the symptoms are going to last. Some are getting better with um, the vaccine. Some are not. It's a multi-system effect, you know, from the virus. It's not just the lungs. It's the heart system, the neurological system. People are losing hair, losing teeth, their vision has changed. I mean, for people who are going through it, it can be a, a sort of an isolating or a sense of being alone. Um, but that's what's nice about your organization is that you're bringing these people together and connecting them and having that, that ability. Can you tell me for you as a mom, how being a part of Survivor Corps sort of helped you survive? I would have not been able to really made it through this without, you know, meeting them. This is not my first pandemic, you know, working in the medical field, but it was all new. And, you know, you just want your children to be healthy and normal and feel good. This, like I said, was all new and it wasn't something like strep throat that you could give an antibiotic and, and, you know, it go away. And I've had a lot of, a lot of doctors apologize to me, you know, because there's not a quick fix. Because they're on the learning side, too. And there's a lot of long COVID research uh, that uh, we even have up. Like I said, you can, you can click and see if you qualify for a research if you would like to do that. That's great. Um, and it helps, it really does help the medical community learn. Well, we're gonna take a break real quickly. This is Pamela Escobar, you're listening to Do Good Charlotte. After the break, you'll hear about how you can engage more with Survivor Corps. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at blumenthalarts.org slash Broadway. At Ortho Carolina, personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Okay, so welcome back. So, Melissa, tell me what is a superhero? You have this hashtag, right? Yes. You can go on the website, and you can actually request to be a superhero. And they're normally those that have donated their antibodies um, after infection over and over again through plasma. Uh, Diana herself um, hit like a milestone of the one-gallon club, I think. Um, (laughs) But... It really is impressive to see, you know, somebody that's had, you know, the infection get recognized because they are giving back. They're constantly giving back. So you want these people who are donating their plasma to help other uh, COVID patients to take pictures and, and then take selfies and that sort of thing as they're donating. And then they can put hashtag superhero, right? They can put hashtag superhero, uh, and then there is an area within the Survivor Corps website that you can submit it to, and a lot of times, you know, they'll choose and, and put you up. And so let's talk about your website. So what is your website for people who are listening? Where do we find you? It's www.survivorcorps.com. .com. And so on this site, um, if you are going through long COVID, you can go and find resources. If you are a person who uh, wants to help out or volunteer or donate, where can we go? Within the local range, there is a map that shows different where we're activated at or where we have our hands in at. Um, This is actually the first time that Survivor Corps has actually quote-unquote, ventured out of uh, New York area. They are very active nationwide and somewhat international through, you know, the websites. But we call it Take Action is the other hashtag that we have. And it's normally, you know, put up with a little arm emoji and that's showing that you're taking action. My personal hashtag is we must speak out um, because I believe that we must speak out. Uh, education behind any diagnosis that is given is really the key. And if it, we're still all 
learning about this and it's constantly changing and you're running into roadblocks you have to speak out you have to take action help your community let others know that you're there to support them that's awesome what do you hope for the future whether it be within adult medicine post-covid care unit or separate standalone i would like to see the first pediatric post-covid care unit come because I've had a lot of doctors tell me, you know, these, even children that have other chronic illnesses that have fevers, what's the first thing that you do when you go to a hospital? You get your temperature taken and you get a mask. A lot of times these fever clinics for the chronic illnesses are within these hospitals. These children are having a difficult time getting in because they have chronic fevers. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I think um, this is obviously a topic that is top of mind for so many people as far as COVID. Everyone's talking about vaccines now, um, but we don't want to forget that there are people who are still suffering, even though you would think they would be done. So it's important to think of those people and to recognize that they need assistance. And so it's nice that you have an organization like yourself who is speaking up for them as well. So I want to thank you for your time. Thank you, Pam. I also would like to say if you would, we've, we've partnered with, to kick off, we've partnered with One Blood out of Charlotte. We've partnered with the Fidus Ennis, which is uh, an organization of 33 different organizations uh, for convalescent plasma collection. Yeah. It's important for people to get that information out. Well, I want to thank you so much again, Melissa. Do you know someone else like Melissa or Survivor Corps who are doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. I'm Pamela Escobar. Thanks for listening to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina.